The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Cruise Radio. If you're traveling with travel insurance, you're traveling smart. Get a quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. We'll get a review of Disney Cruise Line on this episode. Also, Stuart Chiron, the cruise guy here with Cruise News, also answering one of your listener questions. If you have a question, drop me an email, Doug at cruiseradio.net, D-O-U-G at cruiseradio.net. I also have the email address in the show notes. So if you're uh, listening on one of your devices, you can actually click the email address and it'll open up a browser and you can email me there directly. Going to do things a little bit different this week. Of course, we'll have the ship review and the cruise news, but immediately following this episode, you'll see a show in the feed called Bonus, and I interviewed um, a VP of Port Ops and talking about the Eastern Caribbean and what was involved in getting that back open for business, and also talked to someone who was just there to kind of see what it's like. A lot of emails coming in about, should I book the Eastern Caribbean? Is it really open? All that. So we're going to tackle that in our bonus episode. A little bit techie, but if you're into that kind of thing, love to have you listen to it. All right. Uh, Stuart Chiron, the cruise guy, is here with Cruise News. Hey, Stuart. Hey, Doug. How's it going? Good. Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Symphony of the Seas. So she floated out last summer. She just did her sea trials. What's next for her? Well, she uh, she did her first set of sea trials, which... Uh essentially lasted for uh, 80 hours off the uh, the west coast of France. Mm-hmm. And uh, so essentially they went through all kinds of uh, different uh, 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 tests to, uh, you know, with the ship systems. And, uh, you know, the ship has been, you know, under construction for, uh, for a couple of years. And so this was the first time the ship went out to sea. Um, they're definitely going to be, you know, doing that uh, again um, before her, uh, her, her delivery. You know, she's... In the process of going through her final uh, in, uh, interior outfitting, um, which they are expecting to be completed by late March, and uh, believe it or not, the first uh, paying passengers are scheduled to board at the end of end, end of the uh, March. How many rounds of sea trials do ships normally do? Typically two, 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 two to three. Okay. So they so take this, it out this, one. This, go ahead. They take the ship out, and they they you know they're they're, they're using the, the thrusters, the uh, the pods. Um, they're they're testing the the emergency equipment, uh, you know, spinning the ship around, um, you know, putting her up at uh, into uh, you know at various speeds, and uh, you know, checking the navigation system, checking how the ship rides. It's, it's going to be amazing. I mean, I, me- I remember seeing the ship over a year ago in pieces. This is a very very important uh, stage in the in the in the con- final uh, stages of construction of the ship. Speaking of new ships, uh, Norwegian Bliss recently floated out of dry dock. What's next for her? I was actually at a shipyard in Poppenberg, Germany, uh, a couple of weeks ago. The ship was somewhat floating in water uh, there in the shipyard as Weiland uh, put the finishing touches on his uh, whale masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they did, you know, go ahead and uh, finish floating her out. Uh, they were, they pulled her out of the uh, of the building. Um, the ship was built. Uh, the final stages of the construction of the ship was built completely indoors. Uh, she was pulled out and brought alongside, and right now she is in the, in the stages of, 
getting um, various uh, uh, outdoor stuff uh, put on uh, before she then uh, turns around, uh, floats uh, up the River Ems towards Ems Haven. Uh, then she goes over to Bremerhaven in, in Germany uh, where she does her final outfitting and then she'll, she'll do her sea trials there uh, in the North Sea and uh, her delivery is uh, just around the corner. It's so wild to me that they can build the cruise ship inside. Yeah, it's it's it, well, you know, they 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 do it in in staging. What's really cool, Doug, is uh, with the construction started of Encore of, of Norwegian Encore, um, the shipyard in Poppenberg had five ships. That meant five ships were actually in various stages of construction uh, outside the building. Uh, Aida Cruises, Aida Nova, um, had two of the three sections um, ready to be done, and then inside you had the bridge. Um, you had uh, different areas of the front and the rear of the ship waiting for uh, the, the other sections to come in so they could put the three together, and uh, which is what they did now. Uh, so when they pulled uh, Norwegian Bliss out, they brought in Aida Nova into the, into the building, uh, and they will begin um, you know, uh, the final you know, stages of, of structurally uh, sewing her together. And then they take the, the, the pieces of another ship, and they start to lay the the groundwork for that. And That's so, they, so cool. They'll build the ship in thirds, and uh, you know, at some point, they'll pull those out in sections and pull Aida Nova out. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, that's so cool. Uh, so uh, we got to ask you this because um, it's been on top of the uh, on Facebook and on top of CNN over the past day or so. What happened on Carnival Legend over in Australia? Like, did this big fight break out on the ship? I guess it depends on on who you who you talk to and what you read, Doug. But right. uh, so there was a ten night cruise, twenty three people from a uh, an Italian family uh, taking a cruise uh, around Australia. Just were picking fights uh, with with other passengers, uh, allegedly over the course of three days before they were forcibly uh, removed from the ship. Never before have, in the almost 29 years I've been in the business, have we heard of anything uh, remotely happening uh, like this. So it's really unfortunate that it occurred. And uh, but you know they they did ha- they did the right thing. They said you know what enough's enough. And you know you guys are are gone. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, it did negatively impact the experience of other passengers. Yeah. You know, we read about those that were. You know, there was one guy that was uh, planning to uh, uh, propose to his girlfriend, and you know, it's 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 unfortunate when people that that behave badly uh, impact uh, negatively impact uh, the, the the experience of others. Speaking of Carnival, they're debuting three new sh- uh, production shows on Carnival Horizon. What are they going to be? This is going to be exciting. There's so many different entertainment options. And uh, so they're going to have all kinds of shows. Uh, there's Soulbound, Celestial Strings, Vintage Pop, and Amor Cubano. So they're going to be taking people uh, you know, on, on different kinds of trips to entertain them. Uh, they'll have theatrical shows. Um, they'll have you know incredible uh, performances that uh, you know w- which will be done by uh, Celestial Strings, 3D uh, cast interactions. Um, they're going to have vintage pop, uh, which will take you back to you know to the Great Gatsby and Cotton Club era. Um, so they're going to have all kinds of things, and of course you know a a show with uh, blends of uh, classic Latin songs. So you know they're they're doing what they can to. Continue to entertain people, uh, you know, with various types of shows at various levels. Down there near uh, your neck of the woods, it looks like Norwegian Cruise Line is expanding Cuba cruises from Miami. Well, they're going to have uh, on Norwegian Sun, 
um, they're going to be offering uh, different sailings. They'll be offering 7, 9, and 13 night sailings. It'll be the first time that uh, Havana, Cuba is going to be offered on a 7-night cruise or longer that uh, is going to visit other Caribbean islands, not just Cuba. So uh, they're going to essentially have six, seven-night sailings departing out of Miami um, between September 9th and October 14th. And they want to be able to immerse people in different experiences uh, in Cuba and uh, also included in, you know, with, with different uh, options in different ports, like their uh, private island, Great Star of Cay in the Bahamas, Coast of Maya, Mexico, and their new state-of-the-art, incredible uh, option at Harvest K, which is uh, off the, of Belize. Listener question from Lori. Email your listener questions to Doug at cruiseradio.net. Lori says, cruise newbie here. What is the best way to book a cruise? A travel agent on the Cruise Line website or through one of those discount cruise sites? Help me, please. Well, I would say, uh, you know, the, these discount cruise sites is, you know, I mean, they, they do have travel agents. So I, I don't recommend people booking the cruises uh, directly with the cruise lines. One, you never know. You're never going to get the uh, objective advice. You're not going to have someone that's going to advocate on your behalf uh, should there be a problem. And, uh, I mean, each of these cruise lines, each of these ships are, are uniquely different. And you want to be able to make sure you get the right ship at the right price. And I always recommend people going through a, uh, a, a travel agent that essentially specializes in cruises. Been talking with Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy. Find him online at cruiseguy.com or on Twitter at cruiseguy. See you next week, man. My pleasure. Cruise Radio. Maintaining our global reach. Listen live at cruiseradio.net. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. Have a question for the experts or would you like to talk about your cruise or vacation experience, good or bad? Email comments at cruiseradio.net. We always like to get your cruise reviews here on the show. If you have one you'd like to share, shoot me an email, doug at cruiseradio.net. Like Susie, her and her family just returned from a Disney magic cruise up there in Northern Europe doing the Norwegian Fjord. Sounds so cool. It was one of their Frozen-type cruises from the, the Disney movie a couple of years ago. Susie's on the line right now. Hey, Susie, how you doing? Hi, Doug. Before we get to the ship, because I'm super excited to talk about the Frozen-themed cruise and um, Disney magic, let's take a step back. What made you want to sail this cruise, this itinerary in Northern Europe? 
Well, the year before we had been on the Norwegian Epic and had done Western Mediterranean just to see if our kids could handle Europe and flying there. And they did really well and really enjoyed it. We had the best uh, summer vacation up until this vacation. And uh, so we wanted to go where both my husband and I have never been, which was Norway. We, I also had not ever been to Denmark, which was the starting point for the cruise. So we decided that, and plus we wanted to have our cake and eat it too, you know, bring the kids. But we know that our kids can't always endure the tours or an all-day type of tour. They're not interested in the history just yet of European history unless they've learned a little bit about it. So I tried to go into the Vikings and stuff before our trip. But this way we knew that once they got a little bit bored or tired midday while we were at a port, we could put them back on the ship in the kids' club, which we know that they love because they had done the Disney dream in the past, Mm -hmm. and uh, we could go back out to the port and enjoy the town. So the short answer is... The adults have their way, and the kids have their way. <laughs> Very nice. A, nice. a nice balance there, too. So you make your way over to Northern Europe, made the transatlantic flight. You get there. How was embarkation for you? It was actually faster than when we had gone through Port Canaveral. It probably took about 40 minutes for us. The only downside was because it was raining, it was a little chaotic, everybody trying to get in and out of the rain, but the little glitch that happened was when people were actually boarding and running their key cards through, they had a lot of people with husbands' pictures on their wives' key cards and vice versa. So part of that is just because that that port in Copenhagen is just a temporary port for them. They only do the Disney people like, you know, three times a year, I think, or so. So as a result, they had an extra line inside that atrium so that they could fix everything. And there was a a nice little queue, uh, which took an extra 10 minutes right in that security check-in area on the ship itself. So how long would you say from curb to the ship? How long did it take you? Probably 50 minutes. Okay. And uh, you make your way on board Disney Magic. What were your first impressions? Well, I had expected it to feel a lot smaller than the dream, but I was actually pretty impressed because aside from the atrium itself, it was a very, very big ship and it was gorgeous. I mean, you step back from the ship and look at it from the curb and you're just like, wow, that's a handsome ship. And you go inside and it's very, very tastefully decorated. You know, it has that Art Deco thing about it. Also, the super friendly crew that they had when I was going around from the uh, lunchroom to the spa when I was just getting a feel for the ship. Everybody was very, very uh, nice and super friendly and they even remembered my name over at the gym and the spa like the very next day, even after meeting, you know, probably hundreds and hundreds of people going through. So that was very nice. It amazes me, the memory of the crew members on these ships, how they know exactly who you are. It's, it's, it boggles my mind. I, can't, I have to know someone's name like three times when I meet them before I remember them again. And these people yeah. meet you one time and it's like, hey, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, wow. You're a lot I know, I feel bad that. because I always have to look at their name tag, you know, right. and just say, oh, hey, how are you? Yeah, exactly. So you make your way to your stateroom. Uh, what kind of stateroom did you have, and what did you think of it? We had an ocean view room. We were on a 7514, which was a very, very higher up floor, probably. I think we were about two floors down from the, the main top deck where the pool was. And we were on the starboard side, closer to the bow. We were very happy with it. It was clean. We had plenty of room for our storage. Of course, everybody compliments the dual bathroom on the Disney ships, which, you know, has the nice thick towels. It's got the hidden Mickeys on the shower curtain. And uh, the, the 
programming on the TV my sons were very happy with because for my younger son, there was the Mickey Mouse cartoons on uh, Endless Play. And then for my older son, they always had a superhero movie going on, which you know, he would have been happy to just stay in the entire room for the entire time. <laughs> did, did you find that there was plenty of, of space and was it well appointed? Absolutely. Yeah. Very nice. Let's talk about dining uh, aboard Disney Magic. Now, I'm not familiar with the uh, the Disney Magic and the Disney Wonder. Is it rotational dining on these ships, like the sister ships? Yes. Okay. So how, how was the dining experience for you? Uh, we were very, very happy with the dining experience. And we, uh, I think the best thing is always the, the personnel. Yeah, the servers are just amazing. The way that they get to know you, they get to know your tastes. They entertain the kids. Uh, one time my, my husband even went to the bathroom during the middle of the week, and uh, Sylvia from Poland, our, our head waitress, she goes, what happened to your husband? And I was like, oh, he just had to run to the bathroom. So I was like, why don't you sit down? Just relax. So she sat down, hung out there. I was like, let me get a picture of you. And she's there pretending to drink a beer. You know, they're just a lot of fun to be with. They're, it's great to talk to. So, But anyway... The dining experience, the other thing that I loved about it was the entertainment Mm -hmm. uh, that they would kind of add in, such as they would make hats for the kids and the adults at the end of the night at one of the dining rooms. They also had a Mickey surprise visit as the the sorcerer from Fantasia at the end of the night at Animator's Palette. You know, we made these drawings that they did also at Animator's Palette on another night, and then they projected them on the wall and had them dance. So there was always, almost every single night, there was something to look forward to. And the quality of the food was great. Uh, Even at Cabana's, which is the buffet style, I thought that it was equal to what was being served in the dining rooms. Wow, very cool. Now, we were talking about rotational dining here. Uh, For the people who have not sailed Disney Cruise Line before, talk to us about rotational dining. Like, what exactly is it? Well, the main reason our servers know us is because they follow us from dining room to dining room every night. And when you arrive the very first night, you get a card in your stateroom that tells you which dining room you're assigned to. So we had two nights in Animator's Palette. We had two nights in uh, Lumiere's, which is kind of more the French feel for it. And then the third one, Carioca's, is kind of the Caribbean feel. So Sylvia and uh, all the other servers that were with her would come follow us and be at the same group of tables so that we really got to know them every single night. That's awesome. And how was the, the buffet food on the ship? Buffet was great. I mean, the problem is I, I'm one of those people who start at the very beginning and have a full plate by only a third of the way through the buffet. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, gosh, they have shrimp and they have crab legs and they have steak down this way. So it, it never, I, I always want to make sure I eat everything on my plate. So yeah. unfortunately, there's just way too many choices. I would have you know, definitely uh, gone back for more, but I was full just from the first stuff I picked up off my plate. <laughs> nice. Let's talk about entertainment aboard Disney Magic. Disney really excels in the entertainment department and all aspects of the cruise. How was the entertainment on Disney Magic for your family? It was uh, really exceptional. I, uh, and, and the main thing was there's two things that stand out in my mind. First thing was the very last show, uh, the night before we were brought to disembark. They had a wonderful show that was uh, almost, you know, it's pretty much Broadway caliber. It was called Dreams, and they had little snippets from The Lion King and from Aladdin, 
and everything you could think of, and I was just blown away. They had had snowing in the theater. You know, Let It Go song was projected, and the light show was going all around the theater, and characters were coming in from the side doors and here and there. It was just an overwhelming of the senses. So, And my husband and I, we weren't even sure we were going to go to that one. We were just like, well, the kids wanted to go to the kids' club, so let's go to the show since that's what's going on right now. And I'm, I'm so glad I did. So that was the first thing. The second thing that stood out in my mind was my kids loved, and so did I, going to this place called the D-Lounge, which after the shows at night at 10 o'clock, they would have family competitions, such as a Pirate's Life competition for the kids. They would have uh, How Well Do You Know Your Family, where you'd pair up with somebody else in your home, and they would ask questions like, what would you bring on a desert island? And they would have to answer them and see if they got the right answer of what you would answer. So uh, a lot of fun stuff. Uh, there was a great kids' dance party. They'd play Who Let the Dogs Out, and Goofy came out, a uh, surprise visit, which all the little <laughs> kids were, were absolutely loving it. So, um, and the last one was Who Wants to Be a Mouseketeer, which my son Jacob got to play. So he really, really enjoyed it. And they would give out these wonderful Mickey medals. They, even though they're, you know, cheap plastic, they were a nice bragging right that you could wear around the ship. So we, we fortunately were able to earn two of them uh, each when we were on board. That's awesome. Now, how about some uh, adults-only time as far as, like, any of the special areas of the ship for adults? Did you get to do any of that? Uh, yes. Uh, we... Uh, during our out sea day, for example, we went to the couple's massage over at the spa, and that was very nice, enough to put me to sleep that day. And then we also did the wine tasting and the beer tasting, and that also put me to sleep that day, both of them. So they were, those were the nice quality times. And we've been, my husband and I would go to the uh, Irish bar where they would have a lot of the trivia contests. So uh, that was another place that we frequented. Occasionally, there were other uh, nightclubs that they had, but we were never uh, awake enough to go to the events that, that were there. Yeah, very cool. Now, uh, how about sea days? How were the sea days on Disney Magic for you? They were actually entertaining enough. Uh, a lot of, because the things that I had mentioned, such as the couple's massage and the wine tasting we did those days and playing the trivia, they had this family scavenger hunt where you had to go around from the ship with your kids to identify different things and then call back and this one thing I highly recommend if anybody ever goes on any of the Disney tours is something called the Art of the Theme Show Tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if you've ever heard about it. I haven't. But it basically, it's, a, it's basically a 15-minute walking tour, and you go around the ship with a tour guide who goes over the origin of how the ship was developed and the architecture on the ship and the subtleties of the decorations and how it was designed, for example, on the fifth floor you notice that it's a very shorter ceiling. You know, you can almost reach up and touch the sky. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because that's where the kids' club is. And it almost has this Alice in Wonderland perspective feel to it, which I never noticed it until she pointed it out. But once you take that tour, you never really look at the ship again. And, And just the way that the atrium is, where the columns on the top are smaller than the ones on the bottom to give it that sense of perspective and how tall it seems it is, but it, it really isn't. So it's a, it's a really great tour for any of the adults who ever go on it. I, I highly recommend it. Let's talk about the ports you hit. Uh, what ports did you hit on this sailing, and which one was your favorite? So there were four ports. Uh, the first one was Stavanger, second one was Olesund, third one was Geiranger, and the last one was Bergen. So all of them were great ports. It was definitely rainy or overcast for some of the days, So uh, the absolute favorite one that we went to, and this is by far, is Get Anger. 
because that is like the epitome of the ford, fjords. Mm-hmm. You go through it as you're as you're coming in. You just see these steep cliffs all along the side of the ship, and uh, you know they actually have old farmhouses on the top of those cliffs that you can see uh, from below. And then all along are all the waterfalls that are just gorgeous. And there's this very famous one called Seven Sisters that. Uh, are just a great picturesque one. And later on, when you get off the boat, the best tour that we did was something called a rib boat tour, which is a rigid inflatable boat. And uh, that one we didn't even book through Disney. I just saw it. I saw high recommendations of it on TripAdvisor. And uh, you basically go into this inflatable boat. It fits about maybe 10, 12 people. And they take you at really high speeds through the fjords, and they get you right up close and personal with the waterfalls. So we were almost at the base of a waterfall with water ready to fall on us. Uh, and they would tell us a little bit of the stories of the fjords and, and uh, how uh, there's a picture of a, a troll in the, in the mountain that if you, you know, use your imagination, you can see the stone face of it. But it's just an absolutely gorgeous place. And when you're finished with the fjord tour, you can take a nice hike up along the town side, along the cliff, and be able to get great perspective pictures from there, uh, the wonderful more waterfalls that you'll see around there. So uh, it's one that you definitely should not miss. I mean, that really is just something else, and I think it, I was blown away by how nice it was. When I think of a Disney-Norwegian fjord itinerary, of course, the first thing that comes to my mind, being a Disney freak, is Frozen. How was Frozen incorporated into your cruise? Well, instead of having the usual Pirates Night that they would have on a Disney cruise, Mm -hmm. um, they had a Frozen Night. So there's no fireworks. Uh, One of the big things about this Disney cruise is that the sun does not set till like around close to midnight because of how north we were. (laughs) So you can't do fireworks. Nobody's going to know. The kids are going to be awake for it or or we won't see them, you know. Mm -hmm. So they had Frozen Night. And for that, they gave out in our staterooms these nice little kind of sparkling light necklaces that everybody got to wear during dinner. Also, they had a Frozen deck party that night, which they incorporated the characters of Frozen with some modern songs from, like, Top 40. And my older son was like, I have no idea what's going on. (laughs) And, uh, you know, my my younger son, he was enjoying it. He he was identifying the characters. But later on that evening, there was more of the Frozen party carried over to the D-Lounge, and they would do Frozen karaoke. So the songs there, they would have the host starting it off, and then the kids, one of the hosts would go to each child, and they would do the verse, which would be up there. Or most of the kids didn't need to see the karaoke lyrics. They all knew it, and they belted it out. So that was kind of fun. They had some frozen cocktails, of course, mm-hmm. over at the bars that were frozen-themed. It was nice. Uh, my kids, being boys, they aren't as much into the princess Disney stuff. Mm-hmm. So they weren't like, woohoo, frozen, I can't wait. But they did definitely enjoy the karaoke. Who doesn't enjoy cruise ship karaoke, though, you know? <laughs> it's, yeah. always, it's always fun. So you get back, and it's time to disembark the ship. How was the disembarkation process for you going through customs and all of that? Yeah, it was very, very smooth. I mean, I don't even remember going through customs. It was either I was just that tired at 7 a.m. or it just happened so quickly. So before we knew it, we were just picking up our luggage and on the bus. We had uh, let them transfer our luggage to the ports and found it pretty easily, hopped right on the bus, and we were over at the Copenhagen airport within, it's a 45-minute drive from the port to the uh, airport. They're playing Disney cartoons all along, <laughs> so 
They had to slowly wean you off the Disney experience, I guess, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Do you have any first-time tips for people considering sailing a Disney Northern Europe sailing? Yes, there's a couple. First of all, if you can get there a few days early, it would be great for two reasons. Number one, Copenhagen is a wonderful city just to visit. Uh, Tivoli Gardens is there, and that was one of the inspirations for uh, Walt Disney World, you know, making Disneyland. And the other thing is you get better adjusted to the time difference because if you're going from the U.S., which I'm sure a lot of your listeners are U.S.-based, it's a hard uh, thing to get up on U.S. time for an 8 a.m. tour in Norway, which is when a lot of the earlier tours started. You do have the option to be able to pick the later time tours, which we did for this one called Olesund, this town, and we were very happy with that. But the second thing is be going with mentality that it's going to be cooler. So average was usually about 55 degrees during the day and that it very well may rain. So we carried a little umbrella with us each time and only had to use it once. But, you know, don't expect it's going to be the sunny Caribbean and castaway sure. key that <laughs> people who are from Disney are used to. Looking back over your cruise, over the whole cruise with your family, uh, what is your biggest highlight or your biggest takeaway? Well, the biggest takeaway was just Disney absolutely just knows how to do it right. I mean, we're not one of those families who have to go to Disney World every year, but they just know how to entertain the adults. They know how to keep the kids entertained. I mean, there's a reason why everybody on this podcast always says praises about it is because it's just a well-rounded family cruise ship. And I was just hoping that in the future that they develop more European ports or other ports just so that we can do it and repeat this experience again. In closing, what are your final thoughts of Disney Magic? Oh, it's a wonderful ship, a very handsome ship. Uh, it's got an amazing crew, and um, I hopefully hope to go back sometime soon. We've been talking with Susie. Her and her family just returned from a Disney Magic cruise in Northern Europe doing the Norwegian Fjords. Susie, thanks so much for being on the show, and have a great weekend. Oh, thank you. You too. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.